You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, everyone. And it's Charlie Dobbin here today with a special guest, Lindsay Nightingale. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you for having me, Charlie. So that Franklin man, I hate him sometimes. He's in Florida. Nice, especially today. Poolside, probably got a mojito in hand as I'm speaking, knowing Frank. So, yes, good for him because it started to really snow on the way down here. Definitely. It's kind of, yeah, it's gray. It's gray sky, lots of wind, but it was like flurries, you know, really right down the lake. Obviously, lake affects snow because it was certainly very dry up at my place. Toronto in November. Yeah, a little unpredictable, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> a little up, a little down. So, listen, lots going on. Before I make um, the announcements of what's happening here in the, the Hort world... Um, you're going to be frank today, so your job is to give everybody the phone numbers to call, to, you know, say hello, share with us something that's going on in their gardens, good, bad, or, or indifferent. Perfect. So for a local call, please call 416-360-0740, or if you're phoning elsewhere in Ontario, it's 866-740-477. Oh, my goodness, I'm I'm pulling uh, (laughs) dyslexic there for a moment. Let's try that one again. 866-740-4740. Well done, well done. That's Lindsay Nightingale of Yorkshire Garden Services, and she's going to tell us lots more about what she does and how she got into this business. But for starters, let me just... uh, Remind people of some things going on. Uh, Monday, November 12th, the Oakville Hort Society will be hosting Liz Primo. You know Liz. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Wonderful woman. She will be their guest speaker in Oakville on November 12th. She is well known as an author, a magazine editor, and TV host. She will have all her books with her uh, for purchase. In One is In Pursuit of Garlic, which is a great book, actually. Neat. An intimate look at the divinely odorous bulb. Speaking of bulbs, we're going to talk <laughs> more gonna about talk bulbs. Yep. My Natural History and Front Yard Gardens uh, Growing More Than Grass. She was very innovative, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years ago or more. She ripped out the whole, all the front turf in her suburban home in, uh, in the Oakville area and turned it into a garden. It was like, you know, way ahead of the yeah. crowd. Uh, so yeah, Liz is pretty special. So that's happening at the, where are we? The Knox Presbyterian Church, which is located at 89 Dunn Street in Oakville. That is, of course, I don't have a time here. Never fails. There's always something I'm missing. Monday, November 12th, Oakville Hort Society. Next day, Scarborough Garden and Hort Society, Tuesday, November 13th. It's an annual general meeting. The board, are, there's an election of the board members and a free presentation entitled Decorations for the Festive Season by Sheridan Nurseries. Um, refreshments, of course, are included. Guests are welcome. Doors open at 7. That's at the Scarborough Village Rec Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. And then the next day, the Riverdale Horse Society is meeting November 14th. They meet in the Frankland Community Centre, which is at 816 Logan Avenue, just south of the Danforth. The speaker that evening is Kevin Cavanaugh, owner of South Coast Garden. He'll be sharing what he has learned about zone pushing 
in their trial gardens. And that's at 7 o'clock. Again, everyone is welcome. And one more thing is the Chrysanthemum Show on all this month of November. That is running now right through until, where's the date? The 26th of November is the last day. Of course, it's open to the public, free admission. It's really cool. Centennial Greenhouses, if you haven't Beautiful been there. Beautiful place. You know what? On a cold oh, winter day, absolutely. swing by, free parking, free access. Just walk in. There's birds singing. There's oh. water running. There's all kinds of tropical plants and flowering plants. It's not a huge greenhouse, but it's a show greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Owned by the City of Toronto, open daily, every single day, you know, 365 days of the year, 10 to 5, and that's located at 151 Elmcrest Road. So that's the Rathburn and Renforth area. Alrighty, that's what's going on there. And, okay, now my job is, typically Frank will be on top of this stuff, we do have to just take a quick little short break for our sponsors, but we will be right back after this. You're listening to The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And we're back. So I'm here with Lindsay Nightingale. Just to remind everybody, Frank is in Florida and we all hate him. Now he took the bell with him on holidays, obviously, because that's the kind of thing Frank would do. (laughs) We have Marianne calling from Hamilton and she is a first time caller. So Lindsay, can you be the bell? Bring. There you go. Perfect. Welcome, Marianne. You have received your garden wings as per Lindsay's bring. (laughs) What's going on in your garden? Hi. Um, I have a pussy willow bush, tree, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. I, and it's gotten very leggy. It's a fairly new one, uh, but it's about 10 feet tall at this point. When do I prune it? Hmm. Have you got a large yard? Like, Did you plant this pussy willow? Yes, I did. It, they, came from, it came from a cutting. Oh, yeah. They're okay. easy to grow from cuttings. Yeah, it's, that'll be pussy willow for you. All right, so you planted it because you want to get some pussies in the spring to make some bouquets and things, or, or just you were looking for privacy? What's your intention? Uh, no, I just wanted to cut it to get the pussies right. in the spring. So that's your, going to be your time to prune it. Wait until uh, whatever, whenever spring arrives. It might be March. It might be April. You'll be out there with your pruners on a dry day. Day, taking the cuttings you want for your decor, then you're going to stand back and maybe get out your loppers and do a more a, a harder pruning on it. Because remember, that's a plant that's going to grow a minimum of a meter a year, maybe more, depending on the kind of rainfall, etc. So looking at where you've got it, the space it can grow in any given year, you, what you want is you want to prune it just once a year and you want to prune it in the spring. So prune it so that when it grows next summer and fall, it's fine for the winter. And then spring of 2020, again, you're out there pruning for your decor. Make sense? Okay. Now, it's planted on the south side of the house against the brick wall. Okay. Is that wrong? How close to the brick wall? Uh, About two feet away. Oh, that wasn't. That would not be my first choice. Remember, willows are famous for having very vigorous root systems. Okay. So a very vigorous root system is a root system that grows very fast and very dense. And uh, that close to the foundation, like the brick wall, I'm assuming, is your house? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't want to have that, root, that vigorous root system that close to my foundation. Because you know what roots do, eh? They just, they, yeah, they I... move through the soil looking for moisture and they can cause damage to foundations. Yeah. Okay. So when, when can I transplant it then? 
uh, spring. When you're doing spring? that pruning, just prune even harder than I suggested. This is a tough plant. Well, honestly, you don't even need to transplant it. Just stick one of your cuttings into the ground wherever you do want it to grow, further away from the house, and start again. And remove oh, and remove okay. the one from the brick ball. Yeah, that's right. Dig up the one you've got there so close. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, thank you. Have a great weekend. And thank you for your call. That's a good question, actually. You can just sort of envision what's going on there. But I'm glad Marianne called, because that would be a bad place to have a a willow in, you know, five or ten years. Definitely. Here, let's do those numbers one more time. We've got open lines, so come come on down, everybody. Please call 416-360-0740. If you have a question, and if you're outside of the Toronto area, try 866 Seven four zero four seven four zero. Perfect. Thank you. That's Lindsay Nightingale. She's here from Yorkshire Garden Services. That's what she does on the side when she's not being my sidekick on the radio. Frankest. <laughs> We're going to find out more about what Yorkshire Garden Services does. Uh, but first, let's just have a quick chat with Pat. She's calling from Whitby, and she also is a first-time caller. So, bling, there you go. Welcome, Pat. Welcome to the show. Hello. 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 Hello, what's going on in your garden? Um, I have brought a bougainvillea into uh, my kitchen, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, uh, I think, sort of went into shock because it's lost a lot of its leaves. Mm-hmm. But um, there's uh, still some on it. Now, I'd like to know how to winter it. Can I uh, put it in my basement where there's low light or in, a, in my cold cellar? Hmm. Um, do you ha- I mean, that's an option. There are kind of two options. One option is keep it alive, keep it, put it in the brightest, sunniest window that you've got, uh, treat it as a house plant. That's one option. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you don't have like a bright, sunny window, like for example, if you're, what direction, what kind of sun gets into your kitchen? Well, um, uh, south, but oh. um, I don't really have room for it there. Yeah. yeah. So then the, the idea of putting it into the basement, into darkness or semi-dormancy, requires obviously a cool spot. It's a bit of a challenge mm-hmm. because it will lose, of course, all its leaves when you put it into the dark. And as long as it's cool, like, you know, almost would refrigerator. Would the uh, cold cellar be too cool for it? Well, as long as it's, it's got to be above zero, I would say anywhere between about five and ten degrees Celsius. So what's yes. that? Um, 50, 47, 45, yeah, 45, 50 Fahrenheit mm-hmm. would be optimal to keep it alive but dormant. Mm-hmm. So uh, trim it would all back. I, uh, would I cut it back? Yes. It's, yes. Uh, it, the tallest branches are about five feet tall. Yeah. So it's growing on a trellis? Is it a tree Was shape? It a tree, like growing on a, a form, on a trellis form? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So you're going to need some help getting yeah. that downstairs. Once you've got it down there or before you take it down, absolutely. Cut it back. Yeah. If it's as much as five feet tall, I'd bring it down by half. Yeah into that cool cellar. Um, Make sure that it's not bone dry so that it has been watered, but then again, be careful that it's not soaking wet. There's a kind of a fine line. Mm -hmm. And check it every couple of weeks. It knows. Plants are kind of magical. Even if they're in the dark, they know when spring comes. They know when the days start getting longer. So it will start to grow eh, probably February, March, maybe even late January. You'll start to see a little bit of green. When that happens, you're going to have to allow it to grow. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to bring it upstairs. Bring it back up into a sunny location. And start watering regularly. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your help. You're very welcome. It's and my you... first one, and I would really like to keep it. Uh, well, good. Perfect. Yes, and yes. I'd like you to call in the spring and let us know how that went, how that turned out. Oh, okay. So, all right. That's I'll your homework. That. All thank right. you. Bye bye. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Don't be a stranger. Call anytime. All right. Speaking. Oh, you know what? We do have to take one more quick break. And but remember, there are lines open. So give us a call at four one six three six zero zero seven forty or toll-free 866-740-4740. We'll be right back after this. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And here we are. It's not just Charlie Dobbin. I've got Lindsay Nightingale with me. Lindsay, I've known you for long, long many years. We did many jobs together at Canada Blooms over the years and have, you know, obviously shared a lot of things with our horticultural backgrounds. Yes. Um, so t- give us an idea. What does Yorkshire Garden Services do? What, what, what is your career? Tell us. Wow, that's uh, that's actually two different things. <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's start with, we'll start start. with what Yorkshire Garden <laughs> what, Services does. Yeah. Um, so we've been around for about 18 years, and we do fine garden care, tree um, tree and shrub pruning, potscaping, mm-hmm. um, garden renovation in in for our residential clients. We deal mainly with residential right. clients within Toronto, York region. Uh, we do some farm properties, some farm oh, estates right? as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've been doing that. I have a crew of about eight in the high season, four in the low season. And wow. uh, right now we're so involved in bulb planting yeah. and fall clean up and just getting everybody's gardens put to bed and dormant for the winter. And I actually arm twisted you. You're going to come and address my students at yes. Durham College next week, right? Next week. Yeah, yeah. And these are the second year students who um, the course is called contemporary or I think it's called historical and contemporary garden and landscape maintenance. Yes. So you're going to come and talk about the kind of maintenance that your company does, which is very specific. You have a very specific niche. We are a niche. Yeah. 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 We, we don't do any snow and we don't do any lawns. We just do what we love. And that's everything to do with gardens. Good for you. Thank you. And and so you're able to keep four people through the, like the entire twelve month. No, cycle? unfortunately, I wish we could keep people on full time, yeah. but we we're, we're seasonal, mm-hmm. so we go from mid March right through to this. Usually, we clean up and we're finished by the first full week of December. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So unfortunately, we're just it's the nature of our industry mm-hmm. at this point. And so, how does that work? You have workers who you know go to Mexico for two months or have you know take a holiday and then are available to come back to you. Some of them, yeah. Um, one in particular, she she does web design in the in the off season. Yeah. Um, my long term staff, uh, uh, she she takes the winter off, mm. so she's off, and and we meet periodically throughout the season, of course, to do planning for the following year mm-hmm. and we, we talk about contracts and what needs to be done on property. So there is there is probably a, some work that goes on yeah. behind the scenes because it's I rely on my staff. I can't do everything myself anymore. I don't anymore. think so. No kidding. <laughs> well, and potscaping, of course, that would be a lot of seasonal containers. Absolutely. Be we love doing potscaping. So yeah. again, it happens around Easter time, right. uh, early spring. And then um, May 2-4 weekend, we usually start or we're just... S- Ramping up for yeah. the for the the summer stuff, and then Thanksgiving, and then mm. then the winter pots. So right. whether it's for Christmas or whether it's just a winter display, mm-hmm. uh, 
Um, and that's where we're heading to shortly. After the bulbs are shortly, in. Shortly, yeah. The last <laughs> week in November, we're just like booming for that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned to you, I, um, Carolyn DeVries, who mm-hmm. has been on the show as well. She um, owns and runs Trade Winds International, which is a bulb importer. Uh, she came out to also speak to my first year students yeah. this past week and brought what was left over in her inventory. And that was a truckload of bulbs. It's going to be amazing. So yeah. I had uh, 40-odd students over a four-hour period plant close to 4,000 wow. bulbs last wow. uh, Wednesday. So it's going to be gorgeous. There's, yeah. has, there's not a bulb on that campus. So that's the Whitby campus where I teach. It's a pretty new campus, mm-hmm. and we have bees. And I was feeling uh, very sorry that this was the first year for, with the hives. There's nothing, there's nothing around there, right? In the yeah. spring. Oh, God, we're right on the 401. Yeah. There's nothing around. There's a wasteland. Yeah. So, um, so I was really pushing for bulbs, just thinking about the bees. Yeah. And then, of course, then there's the sidebar, which is that they're going to be beautiful. It will be. It'll be just <laughs> such a showstopper because I I, the quality of the bulbs coming out of Trade oh, Winds gorgeous. and just the show they do in the spring is Big, fantastic. healthy bulbs. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Very, very, very cool. Well, look, we do have some people on the line, so let's say hello to Joan, who's calling us from Mississauga. Good morning, Joan. Good morning. Um, I have a question about uh, my butterfly bush. Mm-hmm. This is my fourth attempt to grow one, and it, this year it's about four feet tall. Um, should I wrap it for the winter? New. Well, um, so you, they've died over the winter in the past? Everyone, yes. <laughs> Tell me where, you've, where you're planting it. What side mm, of the house? Well, it's got the morning sun and probably maybe four hours a day. Okay, which is the minimum amount of sun you'd want. You'd yeah, really prefer a little in, more. In an area where there's the prevailing wind, so in the winter it gets pretty cold. Well, if it's on the east side, it shouldn't be getting that much wind. Um, it's The wind typically comes from the northwest, unless it's on that kind of corner of the house. Well, it's against the fence at the back of the property, oh, and the winter. prevailing wind blows straight across it. Oh, that might be what's doing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It is a Zone 5 plant, and in Mississauga, you likely live in Zone 5, depending how far south you are to near the lake. The closer you are to Lake Ontario... The, on the north side, really, near right. the 401. Yeah, so you're Zone 5 for sure. Sure. Mm. If this one doesn't survive this winter, don't wrap it. That's not going to make a difference. You okay. Know, what about you, um, you can mulch, mulch it. Mulch it up. Yeah. Okay. So okay. just get a whole, get some garden soil, triple mix, uh, anything that you know. Um, yeah, just a reasonable quality soil, and put a put a little mountain at the base. It's, you know, a little hill might be ten inches tall to start. Mm-hmm. Just pour that whole bag of soil over the the crown of the plant, uh, and then leave it for the winter. When it snows and rains, that little hill is going to get smaller. It's going to wash away to some extent. In the spring, you will take it all away. Okay. And at that so, point, um, you'll also I trim it. In the spring. We prune them in the spring mm-hmm. based on what's alive and what's dead. Okay. Sometimes it takes a little while to find out what that is. There's often one of the last plants I get to in the spring is the butterfly bushes because they're you wait till you see where the green is and then take everything out and leave the green. So, okay. a mild winter you can have very little dieback. Mm-hmm. A cold, cold winter, ninety percent dead. Wow. Okay. Well, at least it survived last winter. So. Oh, perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then you know what? It'll probably continue <laughs> to survive. The first time. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. If it's made it through one year, like yeah. like Lindsay said, it's likely to make it through another winter. Good. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks okay. for calling. All right. Look at that. Just 
solving problems everywhere. Well, and the ice storm that we had <clears throat> killed killed so much. Um, we lost ewes, we lost butterfly bush, anything. The one like three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. But you know, this was weird. This winter, with it, remember, it was so wet last year. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't really have a, a proper autumn. We, the leaves didn't drop. We didn't yeah. get fall color. There was no sort of slow slowdown because it never got dry enough yes. and cold enough. And then suddenly got really cold. Yeah. There was a lot of shrubs that died. Oh, we, we replaced on one property. We replaced like 200 linear feet of wow. you. Of you this past uh-huh. winter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of, lot of dead wajila, oh, a lot absolutely. of dieback in the Japanese maples. Yeah. And people, you know, they blame themselves. They blame yeah. the designer. It's like, no, that, weather. that was weather. a total weather thing. With the wajila, that's a good point because our wajila in my front yard died. I cut it all the way back and the, and the shoots came up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, roots, <laughs> yeah the root often stayed alive. It was yeah. just everything above ground was was dead. Yep. No, absolutely true. All righty. Well, let, let's, so we've got a, a couple of minutes here. Let's see what's going on in Scarborough. We have Vincent on the line. Good morning, Vincent. Morning. Morning. Yeah, I want to know how to take care of these small things as the base for ranunculus. Are they blue? Are they flowering right now? Or are they they're, uh, bulbs? They are little tubers, if you ask. Yes. Okay, did you have them out in your garden and now you've brought them in? Or? Yeah, yes. Okay. okay. I had five last year uh-huh. and I planted them and only three survived. Mm-hmm. And did you buy them as tubers originally? Yes, those wee things. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're pretty, it's like anemones. You ever <laughs> yeah, see anemones? Oh, I know. It's, it's like, This where can't is it? possibly be alive. <laughs> it's just this little wrinkled brown thing. <laughs> yes. But it's, uh, they're pretty magical that way. So overwintering. So they were outside, lovely blooms, gorgeous actual flowers. You brought them in. Did they get a little bit of frost? Like, did you dig them? When did you bring them in? Oh, in October. Okay. okay. And so had they had any... Um, fro- they hadn't any frost at that point. No. So you forced them into dormancy by bringing them in and cutting them down. No, they actually dried down before oh. I dug them up. Oh, interesting. So um, I'm just, you know what? It's been a long time since I overwintered any ranunculus in the, for the winter. So I'm just quickly looking here. Uh, outdoor, outdoor pots. Oh. I'm going fast there. You know what? Off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure that you treat ranunculus exactly the way you would, t- or would treat like a canna lily or a begonia. And that is remove all of the foliage. <clears throat> so you've got just the tuber, the little wrinkly tuber. Get yourself some sterile media. So that's going to be pot, like some potting soil, like in the bag still, not, not already been used. Or peat moss, something that's absolutely clean and sterile. Well, no, I'd moisten it a bit. I wouldn't have it bone dry. I'd moisten it a bit. And then I would bury those little tubers into that potting soil or peat moss, whatever you've got going on there. It'll be dark under there, which is going to keep it dormant and cool. You want a cool spot, frost-free, but cool. And they will not grow. They'll just sit there quietly all winter. When you want to get them growing, yeah, March maybe, you'll take them out, pot them up, give them some sunshine and a bit of water, and they will start to grow again. Thank you. Okie doke. Thanks for your call. That's a that's a good call, actually. Um, um, if I'm anybody wants to call and say no, 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 I have better <laughs> success doing it the following way. That's fine too, because <laughs> like I said, it's been a very long time since I overwintered any ranunculus. That's pretty funny. All right, where am I? Coming back. Come back. 
There we are. Uh, time check, 9.34. I'm with Lindsay Nightingale. Would you want to um, tell us a little bit about how you got into this business of beautiful potscaping and Yorkshire garden services? Wow. So... Moving into horticulture was a second career. Mm. So I started in the not-for-profit world working uh, as a volunteer coordinator and manager oh. for various organizations and thought, wow, starting to fight uh, against uh, burnout. Mm. And I thought, okay, what can I how can I change? And I've always loved gardens. Gardens have always been a big part of my family, my my best friend's family, uh, my great grandmother. So it was it just was sort of a natural evolution, I think. And then when I heard about the program being offered at Humber College, I applied. Uh-huh. I and I went through it full time. So I quit my job, uh, had my my kids and my husband and. Just quit cold turkey and went to school full time. I was doing my homework at the same time as my kids and uh, graduated. And that's the Hort Technician Program? The Horticultural Technician Program through Humber College. So it's a two-year full-time. Two-year full-time. That's like what I teach in at Durham. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was, I graduated there in 2002. Um, Worked for a couple companies. uh, Worked on a golf course. uh, Did landscape lighting with a fantastic company called Moonstruck. Mm -hmm. And uh, went out. Bob Tubby. Bob Tubby, Carl Hastings, yeah. Conrad, um, and then went out on my own uh, and started very small, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. my truck, and a couple of clients, and some referrals from Arbordale Landscaping. Right, and doing maintenance. And doing maintenance. No construction, obviously. No. That's not something you would want to do. No. Uh, but yeah, just like you're saying, doing what you love, which yep. is the, yeah. the pruning, the planting, the, the caring for, yeah. the meticulous attention to detail that I know and, you're good at. And detail, going to that point, is that we also have now a program that we've just started as a result of calls from our clients. Mm. So we have a client service technician that will go out and fix the gate latch. Or, oh. you know, we'll, we'll level uh, a paver stone that's oh. popped up. Um, we'll repair uh, a fence. Just really small, mm-hmm. handyman-type jobs. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's starting to, that's great. to increase. It also extends the season a little bit more and right. keeps people employed a little bit more, too. Wow. Yeah. So that's one of your staff who does that on the side when they're not... When they're not doing... Pruning or yes. planting or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And depending on the week, it can be, it can be yeah. a full-time thing yeah. or... It's just uh, that's great. Yeah, it's a really I bet people appreciate that. It is. It's really take it's going to take off. I know it is. Yeah, it's so simple that instead of you know trying to struggle and hard to find a good person, and and, you know, there used to be a company called Rent a Sun, yes, which as far as I know does not exist any longer. But it it was a really good idea. It was Mm -hmm. just that you know, the idea that you could call somebody to clean the eaves troughs, exactly. We do get to a point when climbing the ladder to clean the eaves troughs is just not a good idea, yeah. And what are you going to do? You got to hire somebody and where yeah. do you find somebody so yeah, yeah so that's Little great like that we try not to we stay away from cleaning eaves trough yeah. <laughs> okay, i take <laughs> that back that. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll fix your gate latch <laughs> there you go <laughs> good to know well if you need your eaves troughs clean my son is about 12 feet tall he's really good at it <laughs> call him all right let's before we go to our next break let's just uh, check in with siva she's calling from toronto good morning siva morning guys I have a dogwood. It's over 20 years, and I've never cut it back because it's been a beautiful camouflage for my balcony. But I notice it's losing leaves. What should I do with it? So talk to me about what kind of dogwood. Is it one of the ones with the green and white leaves? Yes, yes. So it's a multi. It's a big shrub. So it's a yes. massive big thing. Got red stems in the winter, I imagine. Yes, yes. Hmm. Well, it... 
it's just losing leaves, like losing leaves early in the season, you mean? Or no, at the bottom, no, but probably. Over, each year, I notice, like, there's less shade in my balcony, you know? Like, no, it's, it's the type sparse. of tree where if you look into my balcony, you don't see me. Mm-hmm. But it's beginning to become sparse in some areas. So I okay. don't know if I should cut it back. Yeah, cutting it back is going to actually be very invigorating, so that's going to help it grow more. Okay. It could be also that if you haven't done any pruning over the years, dogwood are pretty, pretty vigorous plants. They yeah. tend to be um, get a lot of crisscrossing branches yeah. inside the center of the plant, yes. which ultimately uh, is detrimental to the, the uh, health of the plant. Okay. So what I would do if I were you on a nice dry day in the spring, you know, yeah. it could be any time, March, April, May, get out with your pruners very specifically look for branches that are rubbing together so you don't want any crisscrossing any damage being done by the plant Mm -hmm. to itself anything that's clearly dead in the spring as well so right away the dead the diseased and the crossing um yeah anything that's looking you know very poorly that way um and also anything that's growing into the centers you want to open that plant up you want it to be get air and sunlight into the center of the plant okay then you're going to actually probably cut it back down uh the longer branches at the most a third Okay. So, you know, and cut down to an outward facing bud. So then as the um, ne- the next growth starts, it's going to grow to the outside, outside as opposed to the inside of the plant. Okay. So right. you want to open up the center to encourage growth. Yeah. Okay. And okay. health, right? Just yeah, definitely. Because leaves will grow in there. You just don't want such a mass that they end up shading each other yeah. and then they get all diseased and they all fall off. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah I, you want it thick and bushy. I will cry because I love the shade it gave my balcony. <laughs> oh, it'll come back. It will. It'll come back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Much, all right. much more vigorously. And consider probably. fertilizing in the spring when we are fertilizing all our garden plants. You know, certainly okay. give, this, give this guy a, a shot too. Okay, right. thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for your call. And I'll tell Frank you called. Steve is a pretty regular caller. Yes. Oh, <laughs> All right. We do have to go for a one more short break, but we're not going anywhere. So coming right back at you with more, more tips for the garden with me and Lindsay Nightingale. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. It's true. Charlie Dobbin and Lindsay Drake Nightingale is here. I've just been corrected. <laughs> Got to put that other bird in there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yes, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, Lindsay yeah. Drake Nightingale. That's very, very apiary of you. No, not apiary. This, Avery. Avery. Aviary of you. So welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. This has been fun, eh? Yeah, yeah. You, this is a really interesting experience. Yeah, good. You're doing well, just so Thanks. you know. I mean, no you know, M's, no Oz. <laughs> no, we try to avoid those. No, exactly. You're doing fine. So uh, listen, we have look, uh, numbers. You give the numbers one more time. Okay, let's try it here. We'll do it properly. Four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. If you're calling locally, and if you're outside the GTA, eight six six seven four zero. Four seven four zero. There you go. Thank you. There we go. Thank you. And we do have Gloria on the line. She's calling from Toronto. Good morning, Gloria. Oh, good morning, Charlie. Glad to hear you've got your voice back. <laughs> You're right. I was. I had a cold for a number of weeks there. That's for sure. Yeah. Anyhow, this is about my uh, girlfriend's lilac tree. She doesn't have. Uh, she can't get your station, so I'm calling for my girlfriend Jean. Her husband. Uh, she said she wanted this lilac tree to be trimmed. Well, he trimmed it, 
Oh. <laughs> and it, it's down to about um, eight feet, mm-hmm. eight to ten feet, that's it. And I asked her, does it have branches coming out from the trunk? And she said, yes. Okay. It, 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 this is, is this going to die on her? Uh, probably not. How big was it before it ended up eight feet tall? I'm not quite sure. It could have been uh, maybe 15 feet, something uh. like that. It wasn't too large. So, and her husband did this recently, like in the last yes. week or so? He just did it this week, yeah. All right. So when you see him, can you slap him for me? <laughs> well, that's what she wanted to do, but I <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait till I get on the phone uh, <laughs> with Charlie, and maybe she'll come up with a solution. <laughs> well, no, you know what? If it's it was if it was a healthy, you know, healthy, vigorous tree, lilacs tend to be quite strong and quite vigorous and difficult to kill. So I wouldn't worry that it's going to be dead. It's okay. the timing of that pruning. Yes, he, the he best. Pr- pr- like I said, he pruned it this week. Yeah, the week. best time to prune a flowering shrub or tree mm-hmm. is after yeah. it flowers. I know, that's when I do mine. Yeah. Right, and that way you don't lose the, the flowering. So what's going to happen, of course, next spring, it should pop, pop out with all kinds of green leaves, uh-huh. but it will very likely have no flowers because okay. that got pruned away. Okay. Not the end of the world. I mean, yeah. it just means you, you miss a year of flowers, that's all. Oh, she's going to be sad about that. Yeah, so that's why we slap him, just because of his timing. <laughs> I think she will. (laughs) (laughs) But nothing wrong. You know, lilacs do need to be, they can get pretty out of control. Mm -hmm. So it's a good idea to prune them, but Uh usually wait just after they bloom. Now, you know, I didn't get a chance to prune mine. I I just, uh, I didn't have the chance. I had a problem in my home with some water damage Mm. and I never got to prune them. But uh, that's happened to me before, and it's they seem to, to pop out anyhow, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes we have to prune when it's not the best time, just because of construction or something going you know, on, lifestyle, things happen. Oh, I know, um, So, yeah. you know, I, I, when she slaps them, do it gently. I mean, <laughs> so it's, I'm going to make her laugh when I tell her what you said. Because <laughs> pruning is, like we mentioned, just with the dogwood, Steve and her dogwood, yeah. pruning is very uh, important for plants. Mm-hmm. It uh, sure is. And yeah. it's very important invigorating as well. It's yeah. the right thing to do. It often makes a plant healthier to mm-hmm. prune it, uh, provided the pruning is done appropriately. Clean, yeah. you know, clean, clean cuts, cuts, definitely sharp clean tools, cuts. Yeah. dry day, yeah. you know, these clean are all things that make a difference for the plant to actually yeah. benefit. You can't prune this time of the year. Sure you can. Yeah. Can I prune those little fl- uh, the flowers? But They're dry, you know, but there's some of them I can still see. I could prune them. Well, are they like perennials, you mean, or are you talking about lilac still? Pardon me? Are you talking about lilac or, or some perennials? The, the lilac. Oh, absolutely. You know what? Those, that's called deadheading when you take away those, the, what mm-hmm. were the flowers. Because mm-hmm. what happens, of course, is seeds get set. So all those little bits and pieces that are hanging on your lilac are probably lilac seeds. Okay. It takes I... a lot of energy for plants to produce seeds, and you're not going to grow those seeds. Mm-hmm. So always try and cut them off before the seeds are set, uh-huh. right after the flowers are finished. Because I'm looking out my window, and I can see the dead lilac Mm-hmm. Uh, flower, you know, mm-hmm. but I just didn't get to trimming them. This one is pretty high, and I, I can get the bottom ones, and I'll just have to leave the top ones. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, it's a good idea. Um, definitely, if, as long as it's not snowing or raining at your place, and you've got some nice sharp pruners, uh-huh. perfect idea. You can definitely do that today. Oh, thank you so much. Ah, thank you for your call. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Very interesting. We're all over the map with these callers, yeah, eh? Yeah, Good, great. Some great questions. Um, I think we should probably, we do have one more break. Might as well take that now. And then we'll be back with uh, Bill, who's calling us from Newmarket.
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, frogs, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And here we are, not just Charlie Dobbin, but with me, I have a special guest, Lindsay Drake Nightingale, on behalf of Yorkshire Garden Services, which is what she does on the side when she's not being my, my co, yeah, co-radio <laughs> host. <laughs> Thanks for having me today. Oh, Karen. my pleasure. Yeah, you've done work um, for me, actually, along the yes. way, for some of my clients. We've, yeah. we've sort of crossed paths on many levels over yeah. the years. Right. Oh, let's see what's going on in Newmarket. We have Bill on the line. Good morning, Bill. Oh, good morning, Charlie. Good morning, ladies. I uh, love your show, Charlie. Thank you. Um, I've got a fantastic little six-year-old grandson living in Etobicoke, close to 427 in Burnhamthorpe. Mm-hmm. Where would you suggest to take him? You mentioned earlier, and I didn't write down the address, a greenhouse with the birds singing and so oh, on. There's free yeah, parking, yeah, free yeah. admission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got your pencil handy? I do. All right, you're going to be going to something called Centennial Park Conservatory. So okay. Centennial Park is a huge park in in Etobicoke. Uh-huh. It's the actual greenhouse is located at one five one Elm Crest Road. So one word Elm Crest Road. It's okay. in the Rathburn and Renforth area. Centennial Park uh, was actually uh, created in 1967, as far as I know, mm-hmm. and that's the one that's got the ski hill, which is made out of the old landfill. That uh, site, so that they, it's a man-made or artificial ski hill. They have a very, they do a lot of sporting events there, particularly. Um, they, yeah, there is a pool yeah. there for yeah. sure, and I know my son did track and field things yeah. there. That you know, when it would be bringing the regions together, um, right. it's a very large park. But the the greenhouse is at one five one Elmcrest Road because it's it's acres and acres of park, uh, and you just put that into your little GPS, and that'll take you right to the front door of the of the greenhouse, and it's it's a great outing. It's oh, a, what lovely. about Newmarket? May I push my luck and ask that? Um, sure. What's what's going on in Newmarket? Pardon. What 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 about Newmarket? Yeah, what's your question about Newmarket? Oh, the same thing. Is there a greenhouse oh. where one can go and enjoy the visit? Not in not in the Newmarket area. Um, no way. No, but they do have the Public Works opening. Um, they open their greenhouse in the spring. Oh yes. Um, but you can't go into it uh, in the off season. No. But they'll do a Public Works day where you can go through all of their buildings, yeah. and one of them is the greenhouse in the spring. Oh, terrific! Yeah. Yeah, and there's some great retailers uh, in, the, in mm-hmm. the Newmarket area. Just going out to visit them, even at this time of year with all the Christmas yeah, stuff when going on. Yeah, they do on. the Christmas displays. Yeah. yeah. So if you look at some of the um, the greenhouses, uh, what is it? Uh, Roots, New Roots Center on Young Street, just south of Davis Drive. They have an indoor area as well. So it'll be filled with poinsettias and mm-hmm. Christmas trees and ornaments and, and, ornaments and things yeah. like that. So. Well, I just was, I was in Lowe's the other day and I couldn't believe the amount of animated figures. They've got a whole display of, yeah. of you know, and all the kids are so cute because the kids are all like, you know, patting the, the teddy bears and, you know, <laughs> just do interacting with, uh, with the, the, the creatures that are on display. Yeah. So, um, oh, terrific. 
So, yeah, yes. Thanks Def- very much. Yeah, have fun. I'm glad you're looking for outings with your grandson. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, you're not kidding. He's terrific. That's great. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you. Thanks for your call. I always remember when I worked at White Rose Nursery a long, long yeah. time ago, we used to sell the gnomes. Remember the, the oh, gnomes? Yes. <laughs> gnomes were like really... Yeah, we have a couple clients that still have gnomes tucked in their garden. <laughs> yeah, I bet you they got them at White Rose. And they came in all different sizes. Like There was the little ones, yeah. but the biggest one actually was about the size of your average three or four-year-old child oh, so yes. you know good-sized gnome and it was so funny because you know they'd be these gnomes would be in the store just standing around yeah and the kids would talk to them like Absolutely, they because they're yeah. eye to eye with yeah. the, with this creature and so and they'd, they'd walk up and they go hi there and they'd get into this whole conversation with the gnomes it was really cute i wish i'd it's before the days of cell phone videos yes, but yeah. if i had had a cell phone that had video capabilities i would have been for sure taping that because it was too cute so um so that's that's pretty fun that you've got clients with uh, with gnomes. I like that. Yeah, just sort of tucked in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you tuck them I don't know if we tuck them in or they <laughs> tuck them in, but yeah, we still have, we still see them around. Yeah, no lawn jockeys though, I hope. Um, or not so much. No, no. 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 I don't think anybody has one of those, but okay. it's just, yeah, we, ha- we have clients that have garden garden ornamentation. Sure. Some of it is just like outstanding. Yeah. And then, you know, you have the ones that are quirky and yeah, and, they, and stuff. But somebody gave it to them, or uh, they found it somewhere. Yeah. It was their great grandmother's. Yes, well, know. that's it. Yeah, Whoops. especially the um, the what they were called the witches balls. Oh, the uh, uh, reflecting things. Yeah, ones. yeah. yeah the, there, we've got a couple gardens that have those, and I know that one or two of them are quite quite old too, which is neat. yeah. It's so funny though. Or gazing balls. I guess gazing they're balls, yeah. yeah. So. The challenge with those was how to use them. And I'm, I think once in my garden tour days, I actually saw where it was absolutely perfectly placed. And it was the idea of the gazing balls, I think, is you want that little sort of corner mm-hmm. that's small and maybe, you know, hedged in or fenced yes. in. It's a small space. The idea is for it to reflect and make the space feel bigger yes. so that it does act like a mirror. And, you know, we do see mirrors used, used yeah. quite a bit in Still, the garden yeah. to yeah. expand on that small space. So those gazing balls, yeah, placed properly can be quite pretty, mm-hmm. but to just kind of stick them in the middle of, a, you know, a courtyard in the middle of sort of the yeah. front lawn doesn't make sense. Doesn't, it's no. got to be doing some kind of reflections. I, I, I recall my great-grandmother having one in her rose garden. Oh, so really? it stood, it was the centerpiece in her right. rose garden. So you'd look in it. And again, gazing. And as a little kid, it would reflect all, all the, the colors of the roses. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So kind of yeah because you, you tuck it in. Like it's yeah, plant it's height. Tucked. Yeah, yes. it's got to go yeah. down at the height where you're yeah. going to get that impact. So yeah. that's very cool. All right. So what's going on with the Yorkshire Garden Services? You're still planting bulbs? We're doing a few bulbs. We have a couple of clients. Due to all the rain that we've had, we, oh, you know, you get bogged so down, you yeah. know, and I, I say to my staff, just Literally. just get November done. However, whatever <laughs> order you get it done in, that, that's all we can do, you right. know, when you're con- competing with the weather. But mm-hmm. um, bulbs, yep, we've done, um, we still have one set, one one property that still needs bulbs and will be pretty well fit. But you mentioned week. you've been having quite a few clients that hadn't been planting bulbs yeah. suddenly this year are thinking about thinking bulbs. Thinking about it, yeah. One, I think one that's property, cool. we hadn't, we'd never done bulbs wow. and we've had the client for about five years and I put out the note and she said, yeah, can I get bulbs? And so we planted like 1,500, 1,200 wow. bulbs wow. for front and backyard. So it'll and, be neat. And when you put out the note, did you say something about be, this being a, a pollinator friendly thing to do? Like, could you use some kind of a idea that we, way? We 
we didn't do that, but that that actually is a very valid thing because mm-hmm. we're we're doing a lot more of the pollinator type gardens, mm-hmm. um, more native stuff now. Um, but we just do it for beautification, you know, mm-hmm. get rid of the get rid of the slush and yeah, look bright, at the beauty. Yeah. So, but definitely because it is a spring, mm-hmm. a spring early bulb, spring, yeah, yeah, that it definitely would work better for the pollinator and focusing on the bees. Well, exactly. That's what I always worried me. And I, I mean, I have a lot of bulbs at my place, mm-hmm. and I I love it. Like I love when all these crocuses. I have some lot of early stuff come up. Mm-hmm. My front yard is just a buzzing when the, these flowers start to bloom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, you look around my neighborhood and everybody's, it's like a wasteland. You know, yes. it's like yellow turf and a bunch of, yeah. you know, boring evergreens. Anyway, look, we're at a racetrack. Wow, That's it. Too. Pretty fast Thanks hour, a lot, eh? Charlie. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. What? And, uh, I'm so glad you were able to come. If Frank's ever away. I'll keep you in mind. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, Lindsay. And thanks, Sebastian. Thank thanks to our great callers. Couldn't do any of this without them. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.